So, first week of summer is in the books. First week of summer fun activities. We got the chance to see a couple, uh, uh, you know, about 100 students. Um, we got the chance to say hello to like 15 new students who have never been to church before. And it's because of students just like you who are like, man, I love junior high. I get this. I love feeling accepted here. I love having a place I belong. I love having fun. I love throwing magnets places. I love it, right? Magnets, right? I don't know what I'm talking about, right, legend? I love this stuff. So I want my friends to come and enjoy it too, and I just love that. So another great week. Uh, I think the rest of the summer is going to be killer. If you haven't signed up for camp yet, think about camp. Write down summer camp right at the top of your thing. Put a big circle around it because talk to your parents about it. If money is an issue, we can take care of it. There's no reason for you not to go to camp with us. It is going to be literally the most incredible five days you don't want to miss it. It's going to be really good. So is anyone here like taking bets? Is anyone here a big bet taker? So like someone's like, hey, I bet you this, that you won't do this. And then it's like, huh, I'll take that bet and I will do that thing. You're big bet takers, big bet takers. See, I always like to find, and I'm a big bet taker. I've done some pretty, thi- you know, pretty embarrassing things. Like I've done extremely embarrassing things when I was younger. Uh, I won't give you the big list of things that I've done, um, but let's just say there's a lot of girls uh, missing ponytails because when I was younger, I took bets that I really feel bad about now. Just you know, you know, what would you do if a boy cut off your ponytail in school for a candy bar? That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? No, seriously, that'd be terrible. They grabbed it and they were just like, boom. It's like, where's my Snickers? And it's like, that is the worst ever. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But you know what I love to do? I love taking bets. But you know what I love to do? I love to find the threshold that people are willing to take bets. So let's randomly select a person. Uh, How about you, young lady? Right here. You. And you don't have to do anything. Just sit there. So if I told you that I wanted you to eat a big, fat, juicy, like Lion King kind of beetle, like Timon and Pumbaa, big, fat, juicy, meaty beetle full of goo, and I bet you would, uh, I'll bet you a dollar that you wouldn't do it. Would you do it for a dollar? Maybe. Would you do it? Would you do it for ten dollars? What if I said I will give you a hundred dollars to do it? Would you do it? What if it was a thousand dollars? Would you do it? Yes, you do it for a thousand. So for a thousand dollars, no, probably you would totally do it. Okay, let's do another. Yo, you're perfect for this. Okay. You know, what I th- you know what I think is funny? You know what I really miss? And I'm being honest. You know what I really miss? I hate being bald. You know, a lot of people make fun of me because I'm bald. You know, people pick on me like, hey, baldy. Like, hey, Mr. Clean. Like, they're really, people are really mean to me. And this is my mom I'm talking about. She's, she's really harsh, okay? And so I, I always think, would well, it be great to have a full head of hair? So if I would, to, you know, bet you um, that you wouldn't be willing to shave your head for a dollar, would you do it? Would you shave your head for a dollar and give me all your hair so I can wear it? Would you do it for $10? What about for $1,000? What if I gave you $100,000 and wrote you a check? Maybe it wasn't a check. I gave you a bag full of $100,000 in cash for you to shave your head. Would you do it? Yeah, $100,000 you'd shave your head and give me your hair, and I'd wear it and be like, hey, guys, it's Justin. I'm here to teach you. Listen, I'll get all my strength back. You know, a little Samson joke there. All right, what about boys here, boys? You know, if I wanted, you know, boys, if, you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, let's see, uh, what about you? Here's my question. 
You know, I, when I was your age, I once, and I, I wouldn't do this again, obviously, but when I was younger, I actually once went, um, you know, I, I took my shorts off, and I took my shirt, I set my boxers on, and, and I went running through, through a park full of people when I was your age, okay? And this is a true story, okay? My mom was very upset because the police brought me home. But so if I said, hey, I want you to, you know, just take off your shirt and your shoes and, and you maybe just roll up your shorts a little bit so, you know, and I want you to run through church when church lets out and I'll give you a dollar, would you do it? No, I wouldn't do it for a dollar either. What if I gave you a thousand dollars? Would you do it? Cash. Thousand bucks, all right, maybe, that's pretty good. If I gave you $50,000, Take off your socks and your shoes, roll up your shorts, and take off your shirt, and run through church yelling hammerhead for 50 grand. Would you do it for $50,000? Just from here, how far would he have to run? This is a good question. From here to the worship center, so all the way across church campus, 50 grand. Would you do it? You do it for 50 grand. All right, here we go. We got to start. Where's, where's Kristen? How much money? We got our new budget, didn't we, Kristen? I need 50 grand of that to do this thing. No, no, I'm just kidding. So, you know, everybody has a line. You know, they're like, no, no, I can't do this. No, no, I can't do this. But everybody has a line that they eventually hit where they're like, all right, I'm willing to, you know, the I'm, I'm willing to do it. And everybody has what they think in their head is their line. And for everyone, it's different. Everyone's, you know, some people would do it for a hundred bucks. Some people do it for a thousand bucks. This girl would shave her head for a hundred thousand dollars. I'm sure some girls wouldn't. I'm sure for some girls, I have to pay them a million dollars to shave their heads. But the, everyone eventually, though, has a line somewhere that, you, you know, they're like, I wouldn't cross this line. This is the line. It's clear as day. But everyone has a line somewhere. Now, it's true when it comes to bets. It's also true when it comes to our personal life. You know, personally, we all have lines that we have. You know, forgiveness is a big one. And we talk about forgiveness all the time. And you have a, a picture in your head, you know, when someone hurts you or someone does something wrong to you, you have a, 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 an idea in your mind, a line that's like, you know what, I'm going to forgive this person this much. You know, maybe they do it again. It's like, all right, I can forgive them a little bit more. And, you know, maybe you just came from junior high and you heard this lesson about forgiveness. You know, and you heard this lesson about how Jesus forgave people. So you're like, okay, I can forgive them a little bit more. But then they do it one more time and you're like, they've hit my line. No more forgiveness for them. Like everybody has a line in their head of stuff, when it be, especially when it comes personal. You know, I have a line, um, you know, when it comes to being hurt. You know, I, I don't like being hurt by people. You know, I don't like being hurt. I'm, I'm, I just don't like being hurt. And, you know, I have a line in my head of, you know, how much hurt from people I'm willing to endure before I'm just like, well, I'm going to have to call an assassin and have them taken care of. Like, I, you know, everybody has a line of what they're willing to take in before they just throw up their hands and they're like, I'm through with that person. They're dead to me. And everybody has a line. Everybody has a line. Now, you don't know what your line might be. You know, maybe you think that you know, but, you know, once you really start to think about it, you know, it's hard to think. You know, most of the time we need to actually experience it before we find where our line actually is. You know, this girl says for $100,000, eh, maybe. When I start, like, coming toward her head with a friggin' shaver, she might be like, oh, my gosh, I need more money. Like, this isn't going to work. Like, everybody thinks they know where their line is with people until that line is tested by people. You know, here's the thing. Uh, we've all been hurt by someone, and chances are you've hurt someone else. You know, you living life 
have been hurt by somebody at some point in your life. Someone's done something to you that's hurt your feelings. Uh, maybe it's been a friend. Maybe it's been a family member. Uh, someone's done something uh, that's betrayed you, and you've just been like, oh, my gosh, I trusted them, and they've betrayed me, and how can I ever trust them again? And they've hurt me, and I don't know, I don't know if I can carry on like this, and you know, look at what they've done to me, and they're broken, and the relationship's hurt, and you know, people haven't forgiven each other yet. Or maybe you've been doing the hurting. You've been the one that's like, oh, man, I, I, can, I can think of a relationship right now. Like, I, I've gotten into a fight with this person, and, and we've been yelling at each other, and we're not talking right now. And, you know, they call me, and I hit ignore, and, and you know, me, you know I accidentally hit, you know, answer, and then I immediately hit end because I'm like, you know, that's just, I want to hit end. I want to, you know, end the relationship, end you. Like, it's just, you know, you, you just, you take it personally, and you, you get really hurt, and you, maybe you hurt other people, and you don't see how much you're hurting someone. And maybe, more importantly, people don't see how much they're hurting you. See, because all this stuff, the hurt that we feel, it's all on the inside. You know, I had a friend uh, who has bleach blonde hair. He's actually a student here in junior high. He's the one that did the selfie, actually. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, and he has bleach blonde hair, and I'm good friends with him because when I was a freshman in school, uh, in high school, I dyed my hair bleach blonde, okay? It, like, it was like, I had dark hair. I had a lot of hair back then, actually a lot like Mr. Shenuda here. Like, I had a big, full head of hair, and when I got into high school, I was like, I don't want dark hair anymore. I want, like, blonde hair, which I don't know why that was. And I dyed my hair blonde, and that was, like, the deal. And it was on the outside, and everyone could see it. You know, there's things that we do like to ourselves that people can see in their obvious dyeing your hair, different kind of makeup, uh, you know, what we wear, like things on the outside, everyone can experience that. You can't experience the things that are on the inside. You can't see the hurts that someone has on the inside. You can't see what your words are doing to someone on the inside. People can't see what the words are that we're giving to other people are doing to them on the inside. So this is the problem. It's actually a really big frustration because on one hand, you can't see the hurts that you're causing other people. And on the other hand, the people that you're hurting can't see the hurts that you've already endured. And it's actually this really big cycle because I kind of believe this, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I don't think people just wake up in the morning and decide to be hurtful to people. Uh, I think people are hurt, and then they go out and hurt other people. I think people kind of live out of their own experiences. So maybe if you're a student and you've been bullied before, and you know, you've been bullied by people who are bigger than you, and I actually saw this during VBS. There's a situation at VBS that, that I actually got to be a part of and helping this young kid who was bullied by a group of older kids when he was at school, and he was serving with a group of younger kids, and he was actually being a little bit of a bully to these younger kids because you know he was bullied by bigger kids, and there was really no one bigger than him uh, or smaller than him that he could bully, so, and then he bullied these VBS kids. And it wasn't that he was a bad kid. Like, he wasn't a bad guy. Like, he wasn't a mean person. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to be hurtful. He just he didn't know how to live out the pain that she was feeling inside from the things that were happening to him. And the only way he knew how to do it was to repeat it with someone else because people who are hurt usually hurt other people. People who are hurt usually hurt other people. 
because it's out of that, that inside, the stuff that's happening, the stuff that's so familiar to them. You know, someone gossips about them, and it's like, well, I know how to deal with stuff. I'm going to gossip about that person, too, and they're going to be toast. You know, you know, someone says something really mean about you, and it's like, all right, so this is how it works, huh? This is how the game is played. You say mean things to me, I'll say meaner things back to you. You call me fat, I'm going to say you're an elephant. I'm going to put elephant pictures all over your locker, all right? And, it, you know, and that's just what, you know, you say, you say I look like a horse, well, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to bring a horse, and he's going to poop in your bed. Like, you know, you know whatever I've experienced, I'm going to go a step further, and, and that's how we live sometimes. You know, Jesus had some stuff to say about this, uh, and I want you to experience it with me. It's out of the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about how we're going to be in the Sermon on the Mount all summer, and so if you have your Bibles with me, I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 5, the scripture we're going to put here on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 21. It's on page 786. Now, here's the thing. We're not going to put the scripture on the screen today, because this is what I think we're doing. I think we're doing you guys a disservice. Someone actually said it to me, and it's not like we're ever going to put it on the screen again, and we will sometimes. I think we're doing you guys a disservice. Did I tell you every week, like, you guys need to be in your Bible. You guys got to look at the words in your Bible. And then every week, I tell you to grab a Bible, and then every week, I just put the scripture on the screen, and you just read it off the screen, and you don't even look in your Bible. And so I haven't been doing a good job at that. So we're going we're gonna to change a few things. So I'm going to read it in my Bible, and you guys are going to read it in your Bibles, we're all going to learn something together. Now, I want you to remember what we talked about last week. Jesus was a guy um, that spoke this lesson to, not to everyone. He grabbed his closest disciples. It's the reason we do life groups. And we model after what Jesus did. Jesus grabbed his closest friends, went up on a hillside, and started talking to them and explaining to them these things that were important. You know, Jesus didn't just, you know, pick topics out of a hat to talk about. He looked at people and looked at, you know, the people that were living in the area. He looked at culture. He looked at relationships. He looked at families. He looked at students. And he saw what they were dealing with. And he said, you know what? I'm going to put those things, the things that I think are most important, I'm going to put them in my sermon. And it was a Sermon on the Mount. And the important thing to remember is this was Jesus' way of changing the way people thought. You know, people always had an idea of how things should be done. You know, last week we talked about the Beatitudes and, you know, the blessed stuff. And, you know, some people thought only the blessings should be for the really religious or the really smart or the really rich. And Jesus changed all that. Well, Jesus, again, is looking at this, how people hurt each other. And he has some very strong feelings on how we should think about how we hurt each other and how we should react to that. See, back then in the Bible, uh, there was, you know, this, this thing that they thought the worst thing you could do to somebody is to kill them to murder them. That's a big deal. You shouldn't murder people. It's one of the Ten Commandments, actually. And I still agree, you shouldn't murder people. But people, they would walk around and they would say to themselves, well, the worst thing I could do to somebody is kill them. So anything besides killing them is fair game. If I want to talk bad about them, if I want to gossip about them, if I want to say stuff about them online, if I want to bully them, if I want to get my friends together and exclude them, uh, if I want to physically bully them and hit them and punch them, if I want to you know, see them walking down the hallway at school and slap their stuff out of their hands so it goes all over the floor, that's okay. You know, if I want to get online and like anonymously send them really hurtful stuff, like all that is fair game as long as I don't murder them. And that's what they were thinking. You know, as long as I don't murder them, as long as they're not dead, everything's fine. And you might think, like, that sounds crazy, right? 
Like, that sounds nuts, but that's, that's how these people thought. That's what they thought was okay. You know, the, Jesus would look and say, well, you know, hurt people are hurting people all over the place. What are we going to do about this? And they're like, well, it's totally fine. You know, we can be angry and we can harbor mean feelings and we can just let this hurt, you know, grow inside of us and then just hurt other people as a result. But as long as, you know, we don't murder anyone, we're totally good. And Jesus says, no. That's not okay to look at it like that. You know, I have a different way that I want you to think about people. And I, I want to talk about it, and that's why it's in here. So it starts with verse 21. This is what it says. See, I got my Bible out. You guys got your Bibles out. This is good stuff right now. Someone should take a picture of this. I'll put Kristen in charge of that. Here we go. Verse 21. You have heard it said, you had heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. All right, so stop right there. Listen. First line of this verse. You have heard that it was said to people long ago. This is what Jesus is saying. You know, I heard that you've grown up thinking this way. Like, I know what's been said a long time ago. I know what your ancestors, your parents, your grandparents, I know what other pastors or teachers of the law, uh, religious people, I know what they might have told you. You know, he's kind of setting them up to understand, like, what I'm about to say is new to what you've ever heard before. So I know what you've heard before. Well, you don't have to defend what you've heard before. You don't have to defend hurting people. You don't have to defend your feelings. You don't have to defend your actions. You don't have to defend why it's okay for you to do it. And, you know, if it's done to you, then it's the worst thing in the world. But if you do it to other people, it's totally okay. You don't have to defend any of those things, Jesus says, because I know what was said to you long ago. Don't murder people. It's a bad thing to do. Uh, anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. So they're going to be punished. They'll be judged, you know, judge, jury, executioner, jail, the whole thing. You'll be in judgment if you murder someone. So I know what you've heard. You can do anything as long as you don't murder them. And if you murder them, then you've crossed a line. See, because that's where the line was. You know, $100,000 to shave your head, you know, 50 grand to run naked through the church, whatever. Okay. All right. The line for these people was murder. That was the line. As long as you didn't, you could gossip, you could be hurtful, you could bully, you could post stuff. None of that mattered. As long as you didn't murder them, it was okay. And that was the line. Jesus said, it's time for us to change the line because the line's not working anymore. This is what he said in verse 22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoa, 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 Jesus. Take it easy. Anyone who's angry, I get angry like eight times a day. They screwed up my Starbucks order. I got angry. I went to Nectar and got this drink I thought was going to be good. T turned out it tastes like seaweed they got from CDM Beach. Like I, I was super angry at them, and they charged me 10 bucks for it. You know, Jesus, I get angry all the time. How could you say those people who get angry are under judgment? Only the people that murder should be under judgment. No, no, no. If you get angry at your brother or sister, 
you're under judgment. Oh, gosh, this is, this is killing people. This is what he says next. Oh, my gosh, he just keeps going. Again, anyone who says to a brother, uh, raka, which is, like a, which is like an insult. It's, like a, it's back then, that's like a Bible insult. So if you want to insult someone like the way they used to in the Bible, just be like, hey, raka, and it's just like an insult. May, you know, it doesn't translate you know, here, cause it, but it, back then, saying say that somebody was really, like, really, really mean. Uh, said to a brother, sister, raka is answerable to the court. Listen, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Whoa, Jesus. You're getting serious here, Jesus. Uh, well, we, you know, I, I thought we were just going to have a nice little lesson here. You're going to teach us some stuff that you thought was important. But now you're saying if we call people fools, and let's just be honest, calling people a fool is like, that's, pr that's pretty preschool. I mean, that, that's, that's T-ball. All right, it, when you're looking to insult people, if you call them a fool, you, you, you're really playing t-ball insults, you know, in my opinion. That's like, you know, I don't think, I call dogs fools sometimes. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's just lame. We know that there are insults that are so much worse than that, that we've probably hurt ourselves. We know that there's insults worse than that that we've probably said to someone. And we didn't say it because we just heard it on some TV show. We've probably said insults to people that we've had thrown at us because we use the stuff that we know. We recycled the hurts that we have because hurt people hurt people. And Jesus knows this. This is what he says in verse 23. Therefore, and he starts to give the moment where he wants us to change our thinking. Therefore, if you are offering your gift to the altar, uh, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile to them, then come back and offer your gifts. Well, let me explain what, that, what he's saying. You know, offering your gifts at an altar was actually a really big deal. You know, they'd go to the marketplace, and this is what they did in the Bible. You know, they'd go to the marketplace, and they'd purchase an animal. Sometimes they'd get a goat. Sometimes they'd get a small sheep. Sometimes they'd get some ducks. If you were really rich, you'd get a big oxen or a bull, and you'd take it into where they do the temple sacrifices, and you'd sacrifice that gift to God, putting all of your sins on that animal and sacrificing it in uh, in hopes of getting forgiveness from God, which he always gave. God was a forgiving God. He loves us. So that's what's happening here. People are going and they're getting their temple sacrifices. They're buying their goats and they're buying their bulls and they're buying their ducks and they're taking it to the altar to sacrifice them. And they think everything's okay. You know, I haven't murdered anyone. Yeah, I might be angry with people in my heart. Yeah, I might have friends I haven't reconciled with. You know, you know reconciliation's a big deal. You know, you have two friends and, and you guys stop talking, two friends and you guys aren't getting along, two friends and there's drama happening there, two friends and there's gossip happening there, maybe a parent. You know, it took me a, a while to reconcile with my father and it's still a work in progress. Me and him, you know, we've had a very troubled past, but I'm working to reconcile things and I'm the one making the effort. So you look at that and you're like, man, you know, what, what does it look like to, to reconcile then? Uh, well, Jesus says it looks like not coming to church and acting like everything's fine when things aren't reconciled. That's what he's saying. He's looking at these people and say, hey, before you come to church 
and give this offering, before you stand up there and worship with your hands in the air, before you bring your Bible that you have from home, which, listen, I love it when you guys bring your Bibles from home. But when you bring your Bible from home and you're like, oh, look at I have my Bible and, you know, I'm worshiping God. But, but there's, if there's something that's happening if there's a brokenness in a, in a relationship with a brother or a sister, and, and he's not talking about literal brothers and sisters. He's talking about our brothers and sisters in God, in Christ. It, God created all of us. He created every single one of us. In some ways, it makes us like brothers and sisters. Christian brothers in Christ, sisters, girls, sisters, brothers in Christ makes you guys brothers and sisters in Christ. So what he's saying there is, if you have an issue with anyone, not just blood relatives, an issue with anyone, before you do the whole church thing with God, make sure that the people you have relationships with, make sure those things are fixed. Go, reconcile, talk to them. Settle things. And he actually goes on to say this. Uh, settle matters, matters quick, quickly with your adversary who's who is taking you to court. Do it while, they, while you are still together on the way or adversary uh, may hand you over to the judge and hand you over to the officer that you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You know, he's comparing this to a court of law. He's comparing this to being thrown into jail. Um, the jury, you know, that's a pretty harsh thing to think about when you're talking about people hurting each other. You know, I've been hurt before. For sure, it has happened. I've been hurt before. You, you have all been hurt before. By someone at some time, maybe you've, been, you've hurt someone without knowing it. You know, maybe you've been hurt, and instead of showing it and telling people and talking about it, you've just buried it deep down inside. And for you, it's a painful thing because to open up about the things you've been hurt about, you just don't want to do that because that means tapping into all that hurt and all that pain and all the, those memories and all that regret and all that sadness. See, Jesus says, it's not okay. He's changing the way they're thinking. See, they think, well, you can hurt people, and you know, you just, you know, if you get hurt, you just keep it down inside, and then you use that pain to hurt other people. And if you get hurt, well, you better hurt that person back worse. And as long as you don't murder anyone, we're all good. And that was the line. Jesus said, no, no, no there's a different line. Because hurt people hurt people. And, and if there's an issue between someone, don't let it sit and don't let it grow, and don't let it twist you up and, and hurt you and, and just kill you from the inside. Because the things that are hurting us most, you know, they're not, they're not on the outside. They're on the inside. You know, one of the breakout group questions, if you got to it, asked about that. You know, what hurts more? Things that, you know, physical pain on the outside or internal pain on the inside? You know, I've broken bones before, and they heal and I forget about them. I've had broken relationships and friendships before that have stayed with me for years. I, I still struggle over some of them, and I'm an adult. Think about that. Pain, relationships, hurts, it lasts. Jesus says, I want to change the way you think about it, and I want you to go out and I want you to solve those broken, hurt relationships. Now, I know it's not easy, but there's three things I want you to take home from this that hopefully will make it a little easier as you go on that way. This is number one. This is very simple stuff. Hurt people hurt people. You guys got to know this. Hurt people hurt people. If you are hurt or have been hurt, you will hurt someone else. 
because that is what we live out of. We, if we've been hurt, we're going to hurt someone else, and that's just how it goes. Hurt people, hurt people. Number two, and this is a really important one. Every person in situation matters to Jesus. There's none too big. There's none too small. Your relationship and friendship with a girl or a guy at school, you know, guys, you're friends with guys at school, and, and you guys, you know, maybe give each other a hard time, but if it crosses the line and there's some real hurt feelings there, that situation matters to Jesus. Girls, you know, girls, they, I mean, I'm not a girl, and uh, luckily I work with people who are girls, so they give me a little bit of a window in. Um, you know, girls sometimes argue about dumb stuff, uh, you know, things that I would consider dumb, like as a boy, um, but things that are really important to you. So if you just did your hair all nice, this is an example that a friend of mine gave me. If you did your hair all nice, uh, and some other girl was like, hey, your hair looks really ugly today, uh, I mean, you'd probably cut that person's head off, from what I understand. Uh, th that's what I've heard, okay? So some of you, and, and listen, those things hurt and you take them personally, and that's okay. Even situations about compliments about your hairdos, Jesus cares about. Every person, every situation matters to Jesus. And here's the very last one. This is a very big deal. Write this down. Hurt people can heal people. And this is the reason why. Jesus was a very hurt person. Jesus was lied about. His one of his closest disciples, uh, a guy named Judas, lied about him made this whole story up and got all these religious leaders together and they started to figure out how they were going to conspire against Jesus and everyone was lying about him and they had this whole plot to murder him. Like I think of like if one of your closest friends like started lying about you and was like, yeah, hey, we should kill this guy. Like, are you guys in? And it's like, wait, what? Like, I thought we were just playing like a game, but now you want to murder me. And it's just like, that's exactly what it was. This is one of his closest friends and he's lying about him and he's plotting to murder him and then they actually go through through with the plan, and they actually succeed with the plan, and Jesus is murdered on the cross, and he is hurt, and he's been beaten, and he's been mocked, and he's been laughed at. He's endured more than most of us will ever endure in our entire lives. He was an extremely hurt person, but he loves us enough to heal our broken relationship with God. He loved us enough to heal our broken relationship with God. He was hurt, and he could have been like, you know what? You guys hurt me and betrayed me and murdered me. Like, forget you guys. Like, you guys are the worst. No, no, no. He was very hurt, and he healed our relationship with God, something that we could have never done. You are all hurt people. You've been hurt by somebody. And you can continue the cycle of hurting other people and living out of the reservoir of the pain that you've suffered. Or you can live out of the reservoir of love that Jesus has shown you. You can live out of the reservoir of forgiveness that Jesus has given you. You can live out of the reservoir, the big, overflowing, grace-filled, understanding-filled, I love you more than anything that I'm willing to give my life for you, and you are beautiful, and I've made you exactly the way I want you, and I wouldn't change a thing about you, reservoir of the love that God has for you, because hurt people, would given the opportunity, can heal people, and heal situations, and heal friendships. If you are a believer of Jesus, you have that power, and that is a very big deal. You know, we're uh, going to call the band back up real quick, and we're going to do a closing song because I want you to think about this for a second. Very quietly, think. Who are you? Who are you?
Are you a hurt person? Well, I feel like you are. I feel like we all are. Are you a hurt person that's hurting other people? And just think. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say anything out loud. Are there relationships in your life right now that you just know are just broken and are just breaking apart? And it's like, man, if I could do that differently, I would have. Do you understand that Jesus loves you and he heals you? He was hurt and he healed us. I want to let you know that the prayer walls are open. And if there's something you want to go there and write down for us as staff to read and pray over later, I would love to. I read them every week, and they're an, they're an encouragement to me. I pray over every single one. And you can be as honest as you want there because they're all anonymous. The band's going to play. They are incredible. It is a gift having Dominic here and Callie here from high school. So I want you all to stand with me as we worship in this last song together. Uh, I love you all, and I will see you all next week. The prayer walls are open. Enjoy worship. Dom, take it away.
Dear God, we just pray that as the service comes to an end, that every single student in here just heard what Justin had to say about you and you, and just they take it and they live it out through their lives and that everyone goes and has a good rest of their weekend. And in your son's name we pray.